Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges, and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, Scott Luton and Kevin L. Jackson with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Kevin, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing great. How else could I feel? It's the second Monday of the month. It's <laughs> Digital Transformers Buzz. <laughs> Man, okay. So whenever this Hollywood thing doesn't work out anymore for you, Kevin, you can do voiceovers <laughs> for the Monster Truck Show coming to a city near you, right? Yes, absolutely. It's the buzz. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. We need we we need that kind of energy here today, folks. We got a big show teed up. Lots of good news, lots of technology, lots of news you can use, and then some. It's the special edition of the supply chain buzz. It's a digital transformers edition of the buzz here today. And as Kevin knows, and hopefully the rest of y'all, we're gonna be discussing a variety of news and developments across global business with that extra helping of technology. So, you know, Kevin and I, we've got four stories and several resources to walk through. And Kevin, one last thing for folks that may be listening to this replay, because we take this live stream and publish it as a uh, audio podcast later in the week, what advice would you have to them? What should they do? You know, first of all, we love you with the replay. Okay, don't 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 stop looking at the replay. This is that's great. You can get your information. It's it's when you are you know available. It it, it fits your schedule, and that's, that's what the replay is all about. But there's so much more you can do with the live, right? If you join us when we live, you can interact with our global audience. We get people here from. India, Europe, South America, and that other country, uh, United States. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get people here from everywhere. And, and it's just the viewpoints that are so enlightening. That's right. You know, when we have, have people in. And, you know, so join us live. Like the crowd is here already. Wow. That's look right. at all those people. So, Kevin, we got a lot to get into here today. I want to make sure folks understand that October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month, right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to be talking a lot more about cyber as we always do, especially for the third story here today. But mark your calendars. If you take any month, and it really needs to be all year round, but at the very least, if you can learn more about cyber in the month of October, that'd be a good thing, right, Kevin? So it makes me wonder, why October? Is this the ghost and goblins of cybersecurity out to get you? <laughs> I, th I think you're on to something there. Gremlins, ghosts, goblins, yeah, all the, the Grim genes. Reaper. The cyber <laughs> Grim Reaper is out to get you in October. So uh, stay tuned. Your cybersecurity. Be aware. Protect yourself. All right. So, Kevin, we got to get to work. You ready? <laughs> oh, no, not to get to work. I'm having too much fun. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into our first <laughs> story here today, because we're going to start with some good news. It's always good to start with good news. And, and Kevin, uh, also great to have you back on this second Monday of the month. So first off, the United Auto Workers appear to be making some progress in mm. negotiations with the big three automotive companies because, Kevin, They've chosen not to expand the labor strikes last week. 
for the first time since the strikes have began. Okay. So I'll take that as some good news. They're talking. That's yeah, they're good. talking and making some progress, perhaps. On a related note, the manufacturing industry in the U.S. seems to have picked up a little pace in September. So, Kevin, according to our friends at Reuters, the manufacturing industry in September, according to ISM's manufacturing index, showed its strongest activity since November 2022. Now, while it still shows an overall contraction for the 11th month in a row, it is contracting at a little bit slower of a pace. Hey, we'll take mm. it. And it's really close. So on that index, 50 is like the line of demarcation. Yeah. If you're under 50, you're contracting. If you're over 50, you're growing. I think they came in at 49 for the month of September. But a little more good news. I'm going to get your take, Kevin. The U.S. Department of Commerce released figures showing that the spend on the domestic construction market rose mm -hmm. again in August for the eighth straight month. Now, with all of that good news, and, I, and I'm going to take that as good news, there's still lots of debate whether or not the U.S. economy hits a soft landing or something a lot worse. We'll see. Kevin, your thoughts up. So last week, we saw over 300,000 new jobs created. Mm. So don't get me wrong. I am all for everyone having a job, especially, you know, those kids and everything. <laughs> but... <laughs> but that is one of the signs of an economy that's expanding at an unsustainable rate. The other sign yeah. is a rising rate of inflation, which mm. we also see signs of. So, I mean, I, I, I hope we can sort of skid in there on a like, nice, soft landing. You know, that's, a, that's an Air Force landing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well... <laughs> let's expound that a little bit more because it's funny when i was in the air force whenever you saw pilots come straight down yeah. instead of a nice long glide it was those were navy pilots are used to you know, having a certain amount of real estate yes yes but kevin a lot of folks may not know that you are a naval aviator so when we're talking soft landings or hard landings I would assume any soft landing is is music to your ears, huh? No, no, look, you land hard on a carrier, <laughs> and any landing is a good landing. <laughs> um, I'm with you. I have over 200 traps, and every one of them were nice and solid on that three-wire beat. Wow. <laughs> it's remarkable. We're going to have to have another you on a show of Veteran Voices and just talk about the training that enable just being able to all that it takes to be able to mm -hmm. land an aircraft on a pitching and rolling carrier deck out in the middle of the ocean. That is just remarkable to me. All right. Last note then, Kevin, mm -hmm. you're talking about a 300,000 jobs report that came out last week. That's some good news. I'm no economist, thankfully. I'm our audience probably <laughs> celebrates that, but we'll see. Yeah. And I think some folks may take that soft landing based on earlier projections of where the economy was headed, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I'm, I mean, it's, you know, Everything is hard. <laughs> Soft landings are hard, and uh, but let's let's see if we can hit it. Yeah, that's right. Okay, moving right along. This is an interesting story number two here about Legos. Did you play with Legos as a kid, Kevin? Oh yeah, I love Legos. I still play with Legos. In fact, didn't we? What was it, uh, Theo? Just a couple of weeks ago, we had Theo on. Yes. He had that big uh, Star Wars Millennium Falcon Legos. That's, <laughs> that's right. Man, you got a great memory. And my son loves Legos, but boy, the prices of these mm. Legos. But hey, let's, let's talk about Legos from a supply chain perspective, perhaps. Great read here from the folks over at the Fashion Law. Uh, okay. Now, Lego 
in case you're keeping track at home, the world's largest toy manufacturer. And it's pledged some $1.4 billion to reduce carbon emissions across its global supply chain by 2025. Now, Bottles to Bricks was one Mm. neat project associated with the company's sustainability initiative where Lego was looking to uh, make its Lego bricks, like y'all see here in the picture, out of recycled plastic bottles. But, Kevin... Okay. The company had a little bit of a, a eureka moment. It recently discovered that the bottles to bricks process, the manufacturing process, would require a lot more extra materials and energy, Jeez. which would actually increase the company's carbon emissions. No good deed, right? Um, <laughs> now, as the article also includes, and I think it's important for folks because you're hearing these terms thrown out almost in every conversation, especially scope three. So I want to walk through this, Kevin, and I'll get okay. your comments here. Three basic types of emissions, right? Mm-hmm. Scope one are those emissions generated directly by the company's facilities and operations, right? Very direct emissions. Yeah. yeah. Scope two are those emissions caused by generating the energy that a company consumes. Think electricity or heating okay. or cooling, you name it. Carbon-based right? energy, yeah. Yeah, scope two. And now that brings us to scope three, which is talked about a ton and for good reason. Scope three emissions are generated by an organization's upstream and downstream supply chain, suppliers, distributors, customers, the whole enchilada. Now back to Lego, it's been reported that 98% of the Lego company's carbon emissions are scope three. Hmm. So no wonder why we're spending so much time on scope three. So big opportunities and soon requirements as regulations are increasing around the world. Kevin, your thoughts. So what this really brings to fore is the fact that everything is connected, Mm. which means that it's critical to do everything in moderation. They always say you can never have too much of a good thing. Right. That is actually wrong, right? Too much water, you you drown. (laughs) (laughs) So, So recycling is a great thing, but using more carbon sourced energy to recycle isn't. Mm. So let's all work to identify and maintain the appropriate balance. And, you know, I applaud Lego for actually, you know, listening. Clearly, they listen to someone who understand the whole value chain when it comes mm. to emissions and uh, carbon neutral economy. And they learned from that. So it takes us all to work together. So I'm I'm sure Lego is going to figure out that right and appropriate balance. No doubt about that. Actually, the article mentions, of course, so many kids play with Legos and sustainability is all about protecting the earth that our kids are inheriting. So they're really serious, as it seems, about their ESG initiatives, in particular, their sustainability Mm -hmm. goals. All right. So y'all check out that article. Let us know what you think there. So, Kevin, let's get into this third and fourth story. This is an interesting one here. From our friends at Supply Chain Digital, we're talking about change, change, change. (laughs) Always change, (laughs) changing chains. Especially, though, (laughs) in this case, Kevin, when it comes to reevaluating the use of the phrase supply chain. So tell us more. Well, you know, the pandemic changed a lot, including the nature of the global supply and demand economy. While geopolitical instability and, you know, we can't get away from what's happening in the world, we have Ukraine and Russia but and China and, and the U.S. And now we have this big flare up 
between Israel and Hamas. But mm. this has all changed the shape of supply and demand economy. But in today's world, business is moving from the concept of linear change to dynamic configuration of a network of companies and locations. When it comes to supply, we used to always talk about locally sourced or regionally sourced. Right. Everything today is globally sourced. Mm. So sustainability, we just talked about that. Visibility and resilience are really defining the new standard for supply chain excellence, mm. which means we have to question what should be sourced locally or regionally or, or globally. Mm. Uh, this leads to the formation and management of very complex partner ecosystems. So modern supply chains are really more network-based than in the pre-pandemic times. And that requires a mindset change among all of your vendors, among your vendors. Traditional supply chains are set to become more like private training networks, mm. all of which will be many-to-many -many trading networks that are permissioned-based. You know, think blockchain. Uh, right. This inevitable transition leads to digitally networked ecosystems with shared data in the cloud. Think digital transformation, right? <laughs> so all of this is really critical to change, to keep up, to understand. We're in supply networks now. Mm, that word ecosystems. Mm -hmm. Folks, if you think you've heard that word a lot, buckle up because these next few years, we're going to be hearing about that a ton to somewhat Kevin's points because it doesn't matter what you call it. It's just no longer things that are going to statically remain that linear supply chain to Kevin's point. Yeah. Rick and I went to a event in South Carolina last year and where this came up. Yep. The importance of not no longer looking at business processes like supply chain management as a linear thing. You really have to expand your viewpoint That's right. and be able to manage that network. I think that was the Global Upstate Conference yes. event you, you yes. and Greg both spoke at. I think the other thing I enjoyed about this read here is it talked about Ernst & Young's research into 500 senior level leaders at a wide variety of companies that all had revenues over a billion dollars. And what that research is telling them kind of bolsters what you and I both are saying mm -hmm. that by 2025, that's where the research really sees a lot more of these autonomous supply chains really replacing these hybrid models and processes and operations that we have here today. In the article, they also kind of pointed at, one of the quotes pointed at, we've got autonomous driving cars where lives yeah. are in stake. And you know, if we can do that, we can certainly apply it to autonomous supply chains. I would say this, and we're going to talk about this in just a second, but you know, these handoff points between each node and supply chain you know, that's where there's a ton of risk, especially at cyber risk, as digital transformation has been taking root for years. Yeah. And there's something about, and I can't quite find the right analogy, Kevin, but with a car, I guess you got other people at risk, but all the information is kind of within the four 
walls of the car. And that's where these global supply chains, especially in these really big organizations, it seems like to me the complexity is so much more, right? Because you got so you know thousands of suppliers, each of those information handoff points. And you got, as we're going to talk about in a second, you got a tons and tons of bad actors that are looking for the right weak yeah. point at the right time and do bad things. Right, Kevin? Well, I tell you, you think that's scary. <laughs> we, well, we, yeah, we were just talking about these networks and identifying vendors. Mm. This means that more and more vendors are small and medium-sized businesses. Mm -hmm. In order to be resilient in your supply chain, you need to have more sources. And as your customer base grows, you need to be able to adjust your product and services sometimes to meet a single user's needs and expectations. Right. Did you know that there are over 33 million small businesses just in the United States alone. Really? I mean, almost 62 million Americans work in small businesses. And that's where companies are going to be sourcing from, small and medium-sized businesses. Now, if you have that many endpoints to deal with, think about your cybersecurity challenge. I'm with you. Man. You, need to, you need to be able to Make sure that your vendor network is secure, that your vendor network hasn't been compromised so that they can break into your network. You heard about the uh, Target breach years ago, right? Yeah. Did you hear about that? And that was a HVAC vendor to Target. So the HVAC vendor's network had been breached, yep. and that enabled the malevolent actor to get into the target network. And that led to hundreds of million credit cards being compromised mm. and tens of millions of losses to target. So autonomous supply chains are definitely going to be here, right? They're, uh, yes. It's just a matter of when, I think for me. And 2025, especially for the largest, most complex ecosystems we're talking about that have thousands of those handoff yeah. touch points, that seems a bit ambitious, but we'll see. I want to make sure folks understand October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. So if we're baking in an extra dose of that in our theme today, <laughs> that's why. I want to share this with you, Kevin. You're talking about yeah. the Target example. Our friends at Cisco, we've had Jack Allen with us on a, a couple of different times, and they pointed out, I think this was the real story that they then baked mm -hmm. into a Cisco campaign, if I got that right. And Kevin, I think it's one of the, for me, it's like a level setting example. So basically a team from a local factory, right? they all hung out in the evenings together and they were in a bowling league, right? Okay. A bunch of employees from this factory. Well, the bowling league had an online portal for folks to enter their scores and track scoring and where the team stood and all that stuff. Well, bad actors were noticing via social media that these teams were celebrating and posting on social media that they were on this league together. Wow. And so the bad actors then go to the bowling alley and then they, that's where they discover this, uh, you know, a bowling alley website, mm -hmm. which is not going to have 
perhaps. I don't want to generalize, but typically that's not going to have the same protections as a, you know, a car factory or something. Right, right. So the bad actors, Kevin, were able to, using the information that the employees from this factory put into this bowling alley database, they were yep, able to yep. crack it and then trace it back, gain entry into the factory technology platforms and shut down the production line. Kevin. Wow. You know, yeah. So, so these social media platforms are really common targets for hackers. Yes. Because you can gather information just like you're talking about yeah. for phishing. They can imitate brands or launch malware against unsuspecting victims. Yep. They can also spread malware to different accounts, steal that sensitive and sometimes unsensitive data. Think about it. I mean, I bowl on Mondays myself. And, I, you know, it's <laughs> really? like, yeah, okay. I do. And it's like okay. well, I don't think about that as being sensitive data, right? right? But you can use that information to find out additional information. Mm. That maybe enable you to, you know, use what's known as social engineering right. to really infiltrate businesses and companies and these commercial networks. Uh. Cyber is critical. And, and this is the other thing. <laughs> you can't, in a way, separate your business from your pleasure. It used to be everyone talked about the work-life balance. But, you know, since when, uh, we actually used to have a work <laughs> cell phone right. and a personal cell phone. That Who crazy? does that anymore? <laughs> it's just too hard, right? It's all one world. It's all one ecosystem. All one ecosystem. You said it. It's another ecosystem that you have to manage. So it's cybersecurity month. Yes, you have to protect your businesses, but think about your personal cybersecurity. That's right. That's right. All right. So Kevin, fourth story, we're moving fast. I'll tell you what, interesting read from Industrial Cybersecurity Pulse, mm -hmm. who is reporting on something we've spoken about quite a bit, right? <laughs> Even over the last 34 minutes. And that is all of this wonderful digital transformation across global supply chain. It's the name of the game. We've yeah. got to lean into it, right? But- it also opens up new vulnerabilities for these bad ghouls and goblins that we've been talking about. Kevin, <laughs> tell us more. Yeah, you know, I love my technology. Technologies <laughs> like embedded sensors and GPS and RFID tags. These are really helped companies transform their yep. existing traditional and networked supply chain structures into more agile, flexible, open, and collaborative digital models. These models and their abundance of data, and we really, this data is great, right? Because the data can benefit from machine learning and mm. artificial intelligence, which is particularly, both of them are very useful in inventory and supply chain management. But these recent advancements in technology also increase the risk of use by cyber criminals, mm. making manufacturing the number one target for cyber attacks. Companies are layering more systems into their IT networks to support remote work, enhance the 
customer experience and to generate value, all of which creates potential new vulnerabilities. You know, this was highlighted in a report from one of our long-time, that was published by one of our long-time supporters of Digital Transformers, AT&T Business. Mm. They had their last AT&T Insight cyber report talked about manufacturing and how it was like, you know, that sweet apple for for <laughs> cyber criminals. <laughs> they want to go after it. So so companies that are layering these more and more systems onto their IT network to support remote work, you know? So this creates really bad vulnerabilities. And the connectivity is dramatically increased in things like smart factories. This leaves them exposed to cyber threats. In fact, Deloitte did a survey and found that while 90% of manufacturers reported capabilities to detect cyber events, very few of these companies have extended monitoring into their operational technology environments. Mm. So this this digitized world, people continue to be one of the most glaring weak spots in cybersecurity. So cybersecurity training should begin for all new employees during the onboarding process and be continuous throughout their time with your organization. We need, from a personal point of view, strengthen passwords because this is a critical first line of defense and make sure you use MFA or multi-factor authentication. You know, when you put your password in and they send you something, a text through your cell phone, that's MFA, right? You need to use that. This can really be implemented quickly and your software of your applications. I know, I know it's a pain every day. (laughs) My wife complains about, she has an iPhone and every day all the apps, you know, different apps are being updated. I know all this change. Why do they keep updating? I like the app just like it was. But, you know, these updates address security concerns, particularly Mm. in manufacturing. And in manufacturing, especially, sometimes you're using this legacy machinery that you really have to keep up. So applying patches whenever possible can also limit those areas of of cyber weakness. I know we're talking all about cyber today, but it is cybersecurity awareness. You know, and it's so important. I know folks hear about it all the time from passwords to you name all the threats out there, but you know. There are folks looking to gain access to all of your critical information Mm -hmm. and either hold it for ransom or or pose as you or you name it. Folks are under constant surveillance. I want to point out two quick things, Kevin. First off, and you kind of touched on this, but we have got to really lean into AI, machine learning, and all the modern technologies and leverage them in our active cyber strategy. Right, Kevin? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cyber defense. Absolutely. They're all... A lot of artificial intelligence machine learning is being embedded into the cyber protection software like McAfee and and Norton. These are critical because 
technology changes so fast and it's so prevalent in our lives, the attackers know and they change their attacks right. every day, maybe sometimes hourly. And right. <laughs> unfortunately, they are using machine learning and artificial intelligence to attack you. That's right. Every time I read, especially because when I read it, you know, we all have that mm -hmm. voice in our minds, right? Yeah, yeah. Every yeah. time I read Norton or hear Norton, I always think of Norton from the, <laughs> the Honeymooners, I think is what that's from. Norton. Uh, all right. So <laughs> Norton. for a second. <laughs> you're, you're showing your age, man. You're showing uh, your age. I'm mad about that. Well, hey, Evan, <laughs> as you were sharing some of your perspective, I was looking at on a different screen. I came across a top 10 list of the worst passwords that are most hacked. And I couldn't, I couldn't find it. But anyway, one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> I'll point this out. Phishing evidently, you know, that's a P H I S H phishing is still the most common cyber attack. Kevin, 3.4 billion daily spam emails are sent out 3.4 billion. I get half of them. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I must get the other half up to 90% of data breaches are due to that phishing activity. So folks, not to preach, but just we've all been impacted probably. And we all are seeing these spam emails. Hey, share it with your team, especially if you see a new wrinkle to the attack. Maybe they are uncovering this about your business or this about your business. Hey, make sure your team is aware because, you know, one person may be real savvy and delete that email. The other yeah. person, Kevin, may cling to a certain thing that was mentioned, hit that click, and then... Man, watch out where we go from here. Kevin, your final word. So, I mean, we're talking about email and, and everything, but don't, you know, don't be lulled into a sense of comfort mm. when it comes to text. I have gotten that text to my phone that says, someone has made a charge on Amazon of uh, $1,500. If you didn't do this charge, click here. That's a fish. <laughs> right. Right. And they can get into your cell phone and from your cell phone, get into your email and from that, get into called a lateral movement, get into your laptop and from that, get into your business. Mm. Right. It's all connected. Everything's connected. Right. And we love the convenience of that, right? We all love the convenience of that. But as this last article that we just went through and y'all check out the link in the comments, all of that wonderful digital transformation, there's a lot of good news there, but it also exposes those critical vulnerabilities that we all just have to be aware of. So y'all check yes. it out from our friends at Industrial Cybersecurity Pulse. All right, Kevin, you broke some records with your efficiency today, <laughs> Kevin. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't talk enough about protecting not just your organization or your company, but each other. I right. mean, it's... Who is the weakest link in cybersecurity? Don't mm. let it be you. Don't let it be you. Do not let it be you. <laughs> and Gino adds this little deal here. I was at Bellagio, Gino says, mm -hmm. when he was hacked. Bad actors used the help desk to fake out the telephone that they were the IT head needed a password changed. So evidently, it looks like he was at the hotel Bad actors used that and convinced the maybe the hotel workers that they were the IT head and needed to have passwords changed. Man, that is bad news, Kevin. 
Well, just uh, yesterday, a couple days ago, MGM came clean with the ransomware attack. Okay. They lost over $100 million based upon a ransomware attack, and the attackers stole tons of customer data, right? Yes, that's right. MGM. Oh, man. $100 million in losses? $100 million. Wow. That's it's expected to go over a hundred million. Unbelievable. As y'all know, Clorox, the Clorox company is still recovering from its hack from a few weeks back. Okay. A lot of good stuff here on the buzz digital transformers edition. And Kevin, this is where I want to, I want to wrap here today. First off, Mm -hmm. let's make sure folks before I have a fun question for you, Okay, Kevin, how can folks connect with you? How can they tune in to digital transformers? What would your advice be there? So the fourth, Monday of every month is a Digital Transformers show. And this month, we're going to release a show uh, with SAP, with TopCon. And uh, I had a great, great conversation during that show. Okay. And then we have some shows coming up before the end of this year with AT&T interviewing the Chief Information Security Officer Hmm. for AT&T. Wow, okay. What do you think we're going to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) I got a couple ideas, and I'm sure the rest of the world is going to be listening. Kevin, that's awesome. And I got confused for a second. So you're here the second Monday of each month, and we release a new episode on the the fourth Monday. Right. Fourth Monday, right? Okay. Yep, yep. I'm a little bit slow. So I'm everywhere. Sometime. I'm everywhere. You can also catch me on LinkedIn or on Supply Chain Now and under Digital okay. Transformers. Hey. <laughs> All right. This is what we want to finish on here today. Okay. We need to come up with a fun little wager because your Washington commanders, Kevin, <laughs> are playing my Atlanta Falcons, right? This coming yes. Sunday, right? This coming Sunday. So let's do this. Okay. Okay. Here's the wager. Yeah. So based on who wins and who loses. Yes, me <laughs> bet on the commanders winning. <laughs> That's right. So here's a okay. simple deal. One of us has to come out decked out in the opposing team's colors oh, on your next appearance based for, on who wins next, and who loses. Okay? For the next buzz. That's right. Next buzz. Oh, you're, you're, you're scaring me. Okay. <laughs> or we got to at least get a picture of you celebrating in the opposing teams. We'll refine okay, that. We'll you're, you're on. That's you're right. on. Right. Y'all heard My it. Commanders are going to be commanding over the Falcons. All of y'all heard that. So we've got our little <laughs> friendly wager and we'll see who wins between the commanders and the Falcons. Okay, Kevin, great episode here today. We're yes. going to give folks a couple of minutes of time back. Always a pleasure having you join us. I love the cool things you're doing from a technology, a cloud, a cyber, just a global tech standpoint. And always a pleasure to have you here. So, Kevin, if you had to share one final thought, one final thought based on this discussion, based on, on the vibe you're feeling this fine Monday morning, whatever it is, what's your final thought to share with our audience here? So when I was in the military, you know, they always say you have to keep your head on the swivel. You know, especially when you're walking across a uh, aircraft carrier deck, mm. you know, planes are all everywhere. You can get sucked up and killed in a, in a heartbeat. Mm. So when you're walking around the cyber world, keep your head on a swivel for mm. those attackers. That's right. They're out there looking to do really bad things. Well, Kevin L. Jackson, always a pleasure. Really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you, Scott. This is fun. 
And it was a lot of fun. And we know what we have to do. We are on together next month, too. So we'll see who wins between the Falcons and Commanders. (laughs) Folks, hopefully y'all enjoyed this lively edition of The Buzz here today, the Digital Transformers edition of The Buzz. Again, big thanks to folks behind the scenes, Catherine and Amanda, helping to make the production happen. But folks, whatever you do, hey, Kevin and I have dropped a lot of, I think, practical advice here today. It's Cybersecurity Awareness Month here in October. Just take one idea and put it in action. Deeds, not words. Make your organization, make your team safer, make your organization safer, make your mission safer. So with that said, on behalf of the entire team here at Supply Chain Now, Scott Luton challenging you to do good, to give forward, and to be the change. And we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at SupplyChainNow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.